Welcome to the Cheryl Broderson Podcast, encouraging and equipping you through the study of God's Word. This is a podcast taken from the Joyful Life Bible Study at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. In the Challenge series, Cheryl leads a conversation-style teaching with special guests Angie Emma and Jasmine Allnut. Cheryl, would you please start us off by reading the first two verses? I asked her if I could. (laughs) Jonah was, again, CSB. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, please, Lord, isn't this what I thought while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled toward Tarshish in the first place. (laughs) I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. That is a good translation. I know. Okay, so what do you see as Jonah's demeanor here? You can contrast it with God, can't you? Seriously. So you've got God who is so compassionate Mm -hmm. and so slow to anger. And what do you have with Jonah? Furious. Yeah, not even just like a bummed. He's just (laughs) so mad. It's like, wow. I mean, yeah, my translation or like the definition I saw was burning hot. Like he was hot with anger. Yeah. Man. (laughs) Just the opposite of compassion, though. Mm -hmm. He wants to see these people destroyed. And God wants to see these people saved. And I'm thinking about how many times, and we'll get to this a little bit later, how many times our attitudes. Not God's attitude. Yeah. And I have to check my attitude at the door constantly. I don't trust Cheryl Broderson very much. And I have to go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what's your attitude? Mm-hmm. Because I want to I have the same attitude as the Lord, mm-hmm. which is what prayer does. Prayer aligns us with God's attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's just so much tension when we will not capitulate to God's will when and we're trying to see. make him in our image. You know, there's just, it's just hmm. never... Yeah, you're never at peace, never settled. It's just this constant tension and mm. ang- angst. Which is interesting because now we see this next one, number two. Yeah. We're going to look at Jonah's prayer. So here he is praying again. The last time he prayed was in the belly of the fish. Mm. And his prayer was like so um, repentant and worshipful of God. And now his prayer is very different. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? His attitude, his honesty, and his self-justification. Just. Well, I actually I appreciate his honesty because mm-hmm. God can work with honesty. Yeah. It's when we're like, I just love those Ninevites. I, I think that would have been worse right. yeah, to be hypocritical. Yeah. And so I appreciate the honesty because this is how, now God can work with him because mm-hmm. at least it's honest. And, you know, again, in Psalm 62, it says, pour out your heart mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the Lord. And I think when we pour out, we get rid of, the yuck. That's a good point. And you like know, you were saying, it, when we pray, it brings our hearts in alignment with God's mm-hmm. will. Yeah. And sometimes there's a lot that we need to get out mm-hmm. before we can get the good stuff in. And so he's getting out the, the bad stuff. You know, but it, it's interesting. You know, he's saying, I knew you'd do this. Mm-hmm. And then he's justifying, this is why I went to Tarshish, because mm-hmm. I knew you were going to do this. I mean, <laughs> still not really justified, is it? No, no, not at all. But I do, I do like that you point that out, because I think it is... Um, and we've talked about this before with the Psalms and stuff. I feel like sometimes we can just think like, this cannot be okay with God for us to be this honest. Like for Jonah to be this ugly, that cannot be God, you know, 
God can't be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Instead of realizing God isn't threatened, God isn't like, oh, or offended or hurt. You know, he'll, like you said, he'll work with right. that. And he does, he keeps working with Jonah because yeah. the honesty's there. And, and I that's know okay. that's one of the questions later in the, one yes, of the other days. Too, yeah. But it's true. God already knows our thoughts. Mm-hmm. He knows what we're struggling with. And he's not afraid of our honesty with him. Yeah. I mean, we have to go beyond it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay to be, you know, in that place. place. But yeah. what about this justification? This is why I disobeyed you in the oh, first yeah, place. Totally. But I know people who are like that. Well, I knew God was going to do that. So, uh, and mm-hmm. there's no justification for disobedience. Yeah. There just isn't. But mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to people often that like, well, I knew God would make me marry a Christian or I knew God would <laughs> lead me in this yeah. direction. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, yeah. and, and again, Jonah knew this because of, and we're going to get to this, because of the Lord's compassion. Right. Like he wanted God to like lightning bolt these people. And he, he knew yeah. that God and I think that's something that we don't know. We're, we, for ourselves, mm-hmm. we don't know that God's, and Jonah really presumes on the compassion of the Lord, but he expects compassion from the Lord. Mm-hmm. He himself. expects himself, deliverance, yeah. right, for right. himself. And I think, though, often we don't, we don't realize how compassionate the Lord is. And there's that whole thing, like, it's, it's called the Marcion, I call it the Marcion heresy, but he's the first one to come up with the idea that the God of the Old Testament was different mm-hmm. than the God of the New mm-hmm. Testament. Yeah. That God right. and Jesus are different. And that Jesus is loving and kind, even though Jesus talks about hell and the punishment yeah, of hell. Totally. Yeah. And God is just you know, angry mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And you see, that's not true. They're the same person. They've got the same mindset. But what you have here is Jonah knows God mm-hmm. is compassionate. Mm-hmm. And Knowing God is compassionate, he knows God's going to save the Ninevites. And I think he, we don't realize God is compassionate. I think the lack in the church is to really, really understand how loving, how compassionate God is. Mm -hmm. And yet that was not a um, problem Mm -hmm. for the saints of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. They never said, oh, he's, he's so mean. They never had that thought. They're like, he's so loving. We, and that's yeah. why they presumed, and that's why they end up going into exile, because they were constantly presuming on the mercy and love of God right. and allowing idolatry and these other things in their lives because they presumed upon mm-hmm. his love. And that's why God says, you know, I, I'm, I have a cutoff. Yeah, I can't time. keep being loving all this time yeah. and have you take advantage of me. And yeah. he could have felt that way too, like we talked about before, this being an unprecedented missionary journey. Like he had always, all the prophets that we had seen in the past were called to Israel. And so this was the first time a prophet's been called to an outside pagan nation. And so that could have been his thought too. Like it is good. Like he knows God's character for himself and for his people, but he's not willing to have it for another people. Yeah. Which is yeah. always... I mean, that's a problem even uh, when we did the book of Acts. Remember when, mm-hmm. when Peter's like, whoa, Gentiles can be saved. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like this dawning mm-hmm. on the first church is like huge. Like, what? Mm-hmm. God wants to save Gentiles? Yeah. Jesus wants to reach Gentiles? And they had to go back and search the scripture, and they found all these scriptures that God wanted to reach the yes, Gentiles. It's all the Old Testament, too. Yes. It's just choosing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, you know, 
you can know God without knowing him. You know what I mean? Jonah knew, but he didn't really know. It's just kind of like, man, it, very eye-opening. <laughs> yeah. So I want to move on to the second day of day one or the second page of day yeah, one we where to... we look at the attributes of God and his mm-hmm. attitude towards us. Like personally, what does his grace and his mercy and his anger and his loving kindness and his attitude toward harm, what is your attitude towards these attributes of God? Well, I have something just um, on the little one at the very mm-hmm. top. Yes. And I... One, we were created to be image bearers. Mm -hmm. And God is always forming us into the likeness of Jesus Christ because we're Mm -hmm. to look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. We're to act like Jesus. We're to speak like Jesus. And so he's he's been working trying to make Jonah an image bearer Mm -hmm. because Jonah's going to take the news of of God to this these heathens. And Jonah needs to be an image bearer. And he's not. Right. He's not demonstrating the attitude of the Lord. And I, I went to 2 Corinthians 5, um, and where it says, Therefore we are ambassadors mm-hmm. for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is what an image bearer does. We seek to reconcile men with God. Right. I mean, we don't seek to be the reconciler. We seek to urge them, get it right with God. And that's what he was to be to the Ninevites, get it right with God. And so we're to be, as image bearers, if our God is compassionate, if he's full of grace, we should be compassionate and full of grace. If he's full of mercy, which is, as we talked about, forgiveness, and he's faithful to forgive, according to 1 John 1, 9, then we should be forgiving. And that should be something like, well, I know Cheryl will forgive me Mm -hmm. because she always forgives everything. We should have that Mm -hmm. reputation. We should have that um, known character. Mm -hmm. And then anger, slow to anger. Um, I have in here, (laughs) because these are my notes, that I used to like, I hated the show Green Acres. So only some of you will remember Green Acres because most of you, unless you watch Nickelodeon, aren't old enough. But on Green Acres, Eddie Albert was always losing his temper with everybody around them and with their, you know, um, idiosyncrasies and, Mm -hmm. you know, just the slowness of the place. And he's always just like blowing his stack. And I couldn't couldn't stand that show because there's something about an angry man that's very difficult for me. I don't like it. It it just, yeah. And my dad was like this. You know, I never saw my dad get angry. And then I married Brian, and he's like this. And I just love that stability. Mm-hmm. And I believe when we come to God, he's so slow to anger. It takes so much mm-hmm. to get God angry. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize how we're just pushing and pushing and pushing the, the envelope. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He's slow to anger. But are we slow to anger? Right. You know, if God drives the freeway, I think he's just like, oh, you poor little thing. You know, I mean, like where I'm like, what are you doing? Don't pull in front of me. I own this lane, you know. So anyway, and I mean, yeah, I've talked about. I know I've talked about this before, but you know, turning that because we are like, I I, well, actually, backing up in the New Living when it talks about how He relents from doing harm, it Mm -hmm. says you are eager to turn back from destroying people, and I loved that. You're so eager not to destroy them, and I just think, man, we really aren't. (laughs) 
we really aren't eager that people get saved sometimes when it's somebody that's just so wrong or so off, or even in the church. I mean, really, there, there's just a sense in us that just wants to see someone go down um, instead of repentant or reconciled and things like that. And so, I, I, like I said, I, I think I mentioned this in a previous study, but I've been trying to like mentally turn those, those kind of feelings into prayers for those people. And you, you, know, you kind of have to do that because otherwise you just, there's just that natural human tendency yeah. to, dis, you know, to um, disconnect from God's character that's supposed to be in us. We wanna kind of disconnect from the mind of Christ a little bit when it comes to anger and right. unjustified and I don't have to show grace, even though I've been shown so much grace. I mean, look at Jonah, exactly. how much mercy and grace he was shown. And yet I just can't extend that. Mm -hmm. So there's, for whatever reason, we want to divorce ourselves from the mind of Christ in those instances. And we need that. Uh, we need to just practically take a step to that's make excellent. ourselves do it. Yeah, so that's, that, that, that's really helped me. So well, and I saw this too with forgiveness. Like that's where these attributes were kind of personalized. Like where do I want to receive God's grace, but I'm not willing to extend yeah, yeah. God's grace. Or yeah. if I need to forgive somebody, like you were saying, they might not be justified to receive forgiveness, mm -hmm. but that's not my place. Yeah. And it's not my place to be angry. My place is to forgive and to let God be the judge mm -hmm. and let God be merciful if he wants to be merciful. Let God extend grace if he wants to extend grace, but I need to be willing to extend grace and forgive and let God be the judge. How freeing that is. It is. You know, again, like Jonah's just an angst constantly here because he won't, mm -hmm. you know, submit to the Lord's will. That's, you know, the scripture in Matthew chapter seven that we call the golden rule, like uh, do unto others mm -hmm. as you want them to do unto right. you. And if Jonah had had this, this whole scenario would have been mm -hmm. different. Completely. But, you know, that's why Paul said, you were once alien. Yeah. You were once foreigners. You were outside the covenant. But God, yeah. in his great love and his mercy, he's brought you in. And I think we need to look at these people outside the covenant that haven't come into Jesus as, um, like, if I was outside, how would I want to be approached with the gospel? What would draw me into the church? I have a friend who's like always criticizing the church, you know, and she's a wonderful Christian, but she's like, those Christians, I'm like, aren't you one? You know, but it's, she's kind of always doing this. And I said to her, you know, you're making the church like Russia. Like everyone wants to get out, no one wants to come in. And I said, I want the church to be the place where I grew up when the church was at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, was a place everybody wanted to get into mm -hmm. and nobody wanted to get out of. And I want the church to be the place that everyone wants to come in. Like, that's what it should yeah. be. Like, if you're not having grace out there, come here. You'll mm -hmm. receive the grace of God and you'll feel it and you'll feel the love. Yeah, well, and like you've said before, that can be really messy and we have to be willing to deal with the mess that comes with that. Yep. And extend grace where it gets messy like that. Well, like I told you, I think years ago, I was complaining about some people in the church in Vista who weren't growing at the rate I wanted them to grow spiritually. Yes. <laughs> and I have this friend, and she doesn't even remember saying it. I think it was like so prophetic. She looked at me, and she's like, Cheryl, you can never forget. You're in a hospital. The church mm -hmm. is a hospital. Exactly. You receive the lame. You receive this, and they're supposed to get better. Mm -hmm. And you're, you, you don't get to pal with many doctors. You've got to be busy right. helping people to get better. Yeah. And I was like, you're so right. And yeah. so whenever I remind her of that, she goes, I think that was somebody else. I don't remember saying it to you, but it was her. It was, I still remember. So that's how you know it was the Lord, because she yeah. doesn't remember she it. She has <laughs> So um, we need to move on and look yeah. at the take away real yes. quick? 
because my takeaway to me was really important that God is kinder than we realize. He is more gracious, more merciful than we fathom. And Satan is always slandering the character of God. And that's why we need to be authentic representatives, image bearers, um, offering reconciliation, showing that grace, showing that love, because we've got to realize that our God, I mean, Brian and I have been slandered a lot and it's nothing compared to Jesus. Jesus was constantly slandered. God was slandered from the very beginning. And that's why it's so important that we go out of our way mm-hmm. to tell the truth and to be the truth and the image bearers of the Lord. Ambassadors and, like right. an ambassador. and now it's going to take more kindness. Like you said, messy, more yeah. love, more kindness, more patience. It's going to take the Holy Spirit overflowing yes. and working in us and through us. Mm-hmm. And like an ambassador, they have nothing of their own business. It's all the business of who they're representing. Mm-hmm. And the, the theme song that was playing in my mind on this day was Break My Heart for What Breaks Yours. Oh, yeah. I love that. Okay, we're going to move on to Jonah 4, verses 3 and 4, and I'll go ahead and read those. Mm-hmm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Okay, so the prophet's reaction drama to the queen. Lord's, yeah, mercy. <laughs> He's just so drama. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there is a sense where you're like, okay, maybe if we were trying to put ourselves in his shoes, it'd be like, um, you know, Jews who went through the Holocaust watching the Nazis get saved or maybe like modern day, like, you know, the Uyghurs watching the Chinese government get saved or something like that, you know, how they would feel about that. Like, no, yeah, that can't be right. So it's not right, but that's just kind of like what I was trying to understand his perspective because it's like, how can you be so ugly about this? It's like, okay. But you know, there were people in the Clinton administration who got saved. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't want to accept it huh. because they so disliked the Clintons. Hmm. Right. And Billy Graham told my dad um, on one occasion that he had met with Hillary Clinton hmm. and she showed him her Bible. She went to a Christian college uh, and she was a Wesleyan. Hmm. And her Bible was marked up with all these notes. And you're thinking, you know what? At one point she was open to the word, we can't stop praying for these people. Mm-hmm. Right. We've got to... Our, see. We so want to condemn. We so want to yeah. like, God, if you're going to work with those people, if you actually love those people, then kill me now. Mm-hmm. As my friend, remember um, our friend Maria Del Sol used oh, to always yeah. like, kill me now, kill me now. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, we so often have that idea, Lord, if this is the way you're going to work in love. I and I, I, that question, is it right for mm-hmm. you to be angry? Is it justified? For you to be angry. Look what they did to me on the cross. Exactly. And I'm willing to forgive. I, you know, from the cross, Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. For they know not what they do. Yeah. Is it right for you to be angry when mm-hmm. I forgave everything? Is it right for you to hold this grudge mm-hmm. when I forgave everything? I remember sitting in church one time and thinking about my cause against somebody. <laughs> Crazy, huh? To sit, not even listening to the service, but just thinking, gosh. I have such a cause against this person. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking about all the things that person had done to me. And I remember the Lord just speaking to me, is it right? Is it right for you to be angry? And he took me to Hebrews chapter 12, where Esau for a morsel of bread gave away his birthright. And the Lord said, for this morsel of bread, are you going to give away your birthright? Are you going to give, because see, my birthright 
is the love of God. My birthright is the mercy of God. My birthright is being part of the kingdom of God. Am I going to hold on to a morsel against somebody else mm-hmm. and, and forfeit, forfeit my birthright mm-hmm. of forgiveness? No, it's funny. I think all my takeaways bounce off of what you just said. But, but first of all, the, the first thing was um, the question. Yeah. And I love how the Lord does that with us. Like he will ask us a question to reveal our yeah. hearts, which is just so funny. And usually it's a simple one. I've had that so many times, like you were saying in my own life, like, are you really as you know, justified as you think you are. But are you really that wonderful? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, really, the Lord asked me that once. I was like, I've done this for you and I've done this. And it was like, have you really done? Like, it, it was just one of those questions where I had to stop and, oh, you know, I, he's mm. so, I love how the Lord does that to, well, put us in our place, but also just to gently bring us to his mind. It's, God is just so gent- so gracious mm-hmm. and so gentle with Jonah here. You know, like, is this right? Like you said, like, They've done, they've done way worse to me than to right. you. What has the Ninevites even done to you personally, Jonah? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, they hadn't done anything to him. No, they they repented from right. his message. But so, also, yeah. sometimes we take on, and that's a good point, we take on like other people's anger. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Like somebody yeah. tells me something. Become um, their lawyer. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because somebody sent me something and it was against um, one of our new leaders. Mm. And I started to read it and the Lord said, don't read that. Mm. Don't have a cause against yeah. this woman. Hmm. I want you to pray for this woman. And I want you to have an attitude of love. Don't even read this. And it was all kind yeah. of speculative. Like she associated with this and she associated. And the Lord just was like, don't, don't go there. Hmm. Don't read this. Delete this. You're not supposed to be listening to this kind of thing hmm. about anybody. Yeah. And it was like, oh. And I just thought like, sometimes we're prejudiced because of somebody else's cause. And we've never met that person, we've never talked to that person, but we're taking on their cause. Like they don't like their neighbor, so we're glaring at their neighbor, you know? And And Jonah, probably it was his national cause. Yeah. Instead of a personal cause, like Mm -hmm. you said. Yeah, totally. Oh, sorry. I didn't know yeah. if you had something. No, I'm just thinking we should get to the oh, yeah. takeaway. Yes. So and make that's this actually, into a takeaway. This kind of, my main takeaway, yeah, was it kind of goes off what you were saying, Cheryl, about the, um, the morsel of bread, like the little things. And I was just thinking like, man, in light of eternity, all these things we hold on to and get so upset about, they're not a big deal. They just don't matter. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, if we really look at things in light of eternity, like, seriously, what am I... What, what, you know, what hill am I dying on that's that important? And I was thinking of um, one of the podcasts we just did, which hasn't aired yet, so I'm not going to tell you what happened. But um, there, it's a, it was a gal, Edith Cavell, she was a nurse. And um, as she was, you know, going to die, and I won't say what happened in the situation, but because you have to listen, but, um, but it was a situation where she had a right to be bitter, or upset uh, about what was going on in her life and all of that sort of a thing. But she said this, she said, standing as I do in view of God in eternity, I must have no hatred or bitterness toward anyone. I mean, really, at the end of the day, she's like, this is not worth holding on to. This doesn't matter. I'm about to go meet Jesus. Like, who cares? And so we get just so, um, you know, just justified in my rights and all of these things. But with Jonah too, and this is going Mm. to my takeaway, he's actually in opposition to the work of God. He is angry and (laughs) trying to justify himself in opposition to God's work. In other words, he's saying to God, you shouldn't have worked this way. And I'm angry at the way you're working. And I'm thinking, 
Do we ever do that? I mean, when my dad and the hippies were getting saved, there were all these churches that were mad. My dad was getting all these mean, angry letters. We had threats on, had threats on his life and stuff like that. I mean, people don't even know. We had people um, come to our, our house with like um, weapons one time. And I mean, it was crazy. Hmm. Um, and just their, their anger that hippies were getting saved. And they, you know, they're like, you know, Chuck is satanic and those people aren't really saved and they're just saying all this awful, awful stuff. And they were angry at the work of God. Right. And how many times, I mean, we don't have any justification to be angry at the work of God. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, we should be angry at sin, mm-hmm. at brokenness, at injury, at death, at pain. And, you know, in John chapter 11, it says that Jesus was angry at pain mm-hmm. that that when he cried there was like this oh death I'm like I'm taking you on I'm going to defeat you death I'm going to do away with you and that was like this this cry at the at the tomb of Lazarus and we should be angry at those things mm-hmm. but we should rejoice at God's work, at God's mm-hmm. saving work. And we should look at every person as a potential for salvation, mm-hmm. for the work of God. You are, yeah. you are potential. Mm-hmm. So that's what I put yeah. from my takeaway. I didn't have the hand motions in yes, my writing. I like it. So my takeaway, it made me think of that story of the lost son in Luke chapter 15. Yes. And we always think of the prodigal son as the one who ran away as the lost son. But in this situation, and Jonah was like that, first son. But in this situation, Jonah is more like the elder brother. And he's the one that stayed home. And now he's obeying God. He's doing what God said, but his heart is far from God. And he's angry at the father because the father's doing good and extending mercy. Mm. And that's just like the elder brother where he, he doesn't like God's ways and he doesn't like God doing good if it doesn't line up with what he thinks is right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 22 when they, all the workers go out into the vineyard and some mm-hmm. have been hired in the morning and some in the mid, mid-morning and noon and afternoon and then late hour and the Lord pays them all the same thing. And they're like, yeah. wait, we should get more because we've been here all day. Yeah. And he said, didn't you agree to work with me for Daenerys? And they said, yes. And he said, are you evil because I'm good? Yeah. You know, and, and so we have to trust yeah. God. Yeah, but sometimes God's work reveals our own heart where we yeah. need to repent. Right. And again, like you said, or you said, or somebody said, God questions. Yeah. He draws us out. I mm-hmm. love, and I think this is the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How he draws nice things out with his questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get there. Verse five, Jasmine, would you please read that? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. Mm. <laughs> Right, so let's look at where he went, what he did, and what he watched for. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's just, like you, like you said, the older brother, staying outside of what yeah. God wants to do. No, I refuse to be part of this. And also just hoping that God will destroy them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you it's know, just, I know people that pray for other people to die. I'm just praying yeah. they die. I'm just praying they die. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my goodness. Or I'm praying they get an infectious disease. And you're like, oh my goodness, you're not really praying like that, are you? Mm. And I'm thinking, um, in fact, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, you know, um, like, save your son while there's time and don't set your heart on on his death. And Mm -hmm. I think about, like, our hearts, I, I think about how dangerous it is 
And I know people that are so obsessed with vengeance and they're so obsessed with seeing someone judged that they can't move forward in their relationship with the Lord because they just keep waiting for this person to get judged. And it's like they've set their little shelter up and they're just watching for that person to go down. Have you ever heard this analogy of like when you're angry at somebody and you want that where it's like you're holding acid in your hand ready to throw in their face, but the whole time you're waiting to throw it in their face, it's eating you and destroying you. Well, I've heard the one that bitterness is like um, a poisonous pill you take and hoping the person next to you will die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. But that's just it's like a Twinkie. Like, it'll always be fresh no matter how many years have gone by. If you have bitterness, it'll just keep, like, being fresh in your heart every time you open it up. I've never heard the Twinkie analogy. There you go. You know? You know, it's just rot. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? like a Big Mac. There's a lot of bitterness analogies. You can't. I went on. Okay. Don't do this. I used to love Twinkies. Like, they were, like, my favorite dessert, right? Well, there was a woman who made them from scratch, and they were, like, better than ever. So I asked her for the recipe. Anyway, long story. She <laughs> never gave it to me. So I went I went on, I Googled Twinkie. I got the worst website. Brian's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking up a oh hostess Twinkie recipe. So do I didn't know no. that Twinkie had a lot of bad connotations. Yeah, do not look well, it up. You probably have to put hostess. It was yeah, like, no, help. I tried. Oh, that, oh, no, that was okay. really bad too. Really bad. Just, I'm just, it's okay, just so a warning. Let's, let's get back to this. Is your important takeaways, ladies? <laughs> Right. What is, and this is disturbing too, what is most disturbing to you yeah. about Jonah's behavior? Some disturbing things here. Uh, watching for judgment instead yes. of watching for grace when you're obsessed no, for no, judgment, I'll, for no, someone's demise. Say, this reminded me of, um, I was uh, reading again about Jackie Pollinger, if you guys are familiar with her. She's, a, she's still alive. Yeah, she's such a rock star over in China. Uh, she was in Hong Kong. But um, it talks about after she got saved, she was at a prayer meeting and um, everyone, and not that this was, I mean, this was fine, but it was just what the mm-hmm. Lord showed her in this. They're all praying. And um, somebody just started praying like, thank you, Lord, that we're saved, that we know you. And she just opened her eyes and looked at everybody and they're all just smiling. And she's like, here we are just smiling and happy about we're, our salvation and that we um, are, you know, we have the Lord and everything. She's like, but there's all these people that have no clue that are dying and going to hell. And just the realization, not that she was condemning the people for being thankful for their salvation, but she said, here we are in our secure little place and these people are all dying. Mm. And that was when the Lord called her to the mission field, just to have that realization, well, like, like, oh my gosh, we don't mm-hmm. want that to happen to yeah. them. That's what a cuts and Taylor, remember he went. Mm. And what the missionaries had done is they ended up building a compound. Yeah. And yeah. they weren't- Separating. Yes, yeah. instead of ministering to the people, mm-hmm. they were actually exploiting them mm. by you know, this Western compound. And he realized he had to dress like the people and go out among yeah, the so people. Yeah. But so many times, I think even with governments, I mean, people are like, if, if God doesn't judge the United States, he owes apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. And you're thinking, that's, that's not the, you know, if right. God would spare city for 10 righteous, mm-hmm. and if the city was so wicked and there were only, there was really only one yeah. semi-righteous, and yet God delivered them before mm-hmm. he would take down the city, yeah. we need to be praying that we could be ambassadors. And then Jesus Absolutely. even said, if the things that were done um, in Capernaum were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have, they would have changed. Mm-hmm. They would have responded. Yeah. And Crazy. so we need to be those ambassadors yeah, and not well, look for judgment. And that's like that question three about the behavior, why Christians shouldn't emulate this. It just made me think, you know, 
Jonah probably didn't believe their repentance was real. Either he thought, maybe they are repenting and it's gonna look bad to me when I go back home, or he thought their repentance isn't real and God's gonna destroy them. Mm -hmm. But God wants us to have that 1 Corinthians 13 love that believes all things, Mm -hmm. that hopes Mm -hmm. all things, that's believing the best, that, um, that we let God judge their heart whether or not they're truly repentant instead of that be on us to do. I, really I kind of had that because I put Matthew 7, 1, judge not lest you be judged. Mm-hmm. So for my takeaway, it was kind of the same same idea. But I was thinking about how like the media movies, they get us ready for judgment. I mean, yeah. with something, you know, the cowboy movies, like you're always like ready for them to take those robbers and those bad people down. You know, you're like... And you like that, like the good yes. winning over the evil. Like yes. that feels right. Justice yes. feels right. And, and you like it when, you know, John Wayne shoots all the bad yes. guys. You're like, yeah. Uh-huh. Get up! Oh, eight bullets in him. You know, you're just like, yeah. And I was just thinking that we're kind of set up for judgment. Mm-hmm. We're, we're set up for this. And I was thinking, you know, I mean, can you imagine John Wayne? I got a Bible, little pilgrim. I think you need to. We don't expect that. And it's like, but our our Lord. And no wonder we have like this idea of a vengeful God mm-hmm. instead of this absolutely Maybe that's what our hearts really loving have. God, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, any other takeaways before we move on? Um, I think I can save this one for the next day. Okay, so, yeah. I just had one takeaway too. Like Jonah is abandoning the call again. You know, God called him to Nineveh. Yeah, he yeah. didn't call him anywhere else yet. And so in a sense, he's really abandoning the call by leaving. Yeah. And to stay in Nineveh, he had to trust God that, their repentance was real. And, and just that thought that wherever God has called us is the safest place for us to be. And yeah. maybe he was afraid that God's judgment was gonna come down and so he wanted to escape God's judgment. But mm-hmm. when God calls us somewhere, we can trust God that that's the safest place for and, us to and be. And I had yeah. that a little yeah. bit later on. I don't know where I put it, but it's coming. But the idea of that Jonah should have stayed in the town and now that yeah. these people are repentant, mm-hmm. really lead them to God yes. and teach them a knowledge of Disciple God because them. they were open. Yeah, I mean, that was, out. Yeah, yeah. that was the place and they were so open, so ready to hear about the God of Israel yeah. and how much greater the work could have been mm-hmm. if, if Jonah had sought the Lord and mm-hmm. stayed to, to lead them into repentance, yeah. true repentance, yeah. and to take down their idols. I mean, it yes. could have been like incredible. Yes, right? yeah. We miss out on the opportunity when we stay aloof. That was mm-hmm. kind of the word that kept coming to mind. He's aloof from the work of God. So, that's good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, moving so, yes. on, verses six through eight, Cheryl. Then the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew over Jonah to provide shade for his head to rescue him from his trouble. Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. When dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant and it withered. As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah's head so much that he almost fainted and he wanted to, surprise, die. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. All right, so let's talk about the plant, the worm, and the wind that God prepared. Um, yeah, this was kind of like a takeaway I had on the previous day, but it goes better here. Um, I, I just thought that was interesting. Like uh, one of the commentaries pointed out, the only time Jonah's happy in this book is when it's about himself and this plant mm-hmm. covering him and sheltering him. And I was just thinking, like, man, yeah. we, you know, our that was another problem he had. He wanted mm-hmm. his comfort. Yeah. Didn't care about the people. He wanted to do, you know, obviously things his own way and all of that. But I was even just reminded of um, back when I was working at the Bible College. 
um, for, you know, I was down, down there working as a dean of women for several years. And, and how, like the Lord was constantly interrupting me for myself. It's like, I just wanna have some me time and then a girl would come in. It's like, oh. But it was always so good. And I was always so thankful when God interrupted mm. my comfort and my time. And I was talking to my sister the other day and we were just talking about, and I'm sure everybody's heard this since COVID, like that this is an introvert's dream, you know, to be like, be able to just like, oh, I can just go read. I don't have to go do anything. I can Zoom, I cannot Zoom. I don't have to go anywhere. And how hard that's gonna be to come out of for a lot of people. Um, you know, I know there's different reasons for it, but some mm-hmm. of it is too, just the fact that it's more comfortable. I don't, I can be in my sweats my entire life. And so instead of like, you know, letting the Lord jolt us out of our comforts in our ways. And so that's kind right. of like, I know it's not like a main theme from this chapter, but it was just something that I thought about, like how it's so good when the Lord jolts us out of that and Great. pushes us out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Okay, so I like the fact that the plant, the worm, and the wind. Well, I have something to say, but it's, I think, on day six, the same thought. Yeah, so let's go through this day quickly. Yeah, but the the thing is that they're all prepared. prepared. They're all prepared. prepared. And God is working with Jonah, and none of them are incidental. And like Mm -hmm. I said the other day, I always try to find, okay, Lord, this setback. What purpose do you have in it? Is it to mm-hmm. teach me something or is it to do something so outside of myself? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I like to get things done early mm-hmm. and I like to be prepared for everything. And so I asked a friend if she would help me and she said, you know, I'm going to help you, but the Lord's really putting on my heart that he wants to really show you some patience, and you're not supposed to have a quick work, and you're not supposed to keep trying to rush things. And I remember just, even as she's telling me this, I was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this word. You know, I, like, I want my toe healed, like, mm-hmm. years ago. And, you know, it's like, the Lord, I know, again, he's teaching me patience. And it's not my favorite lesson. Yeah. It just isn't. And so, with, with, but how patient he is when he works with us to teach these things. And the lengths he'll go yeah. Yeah. to teach us. Yeah. And I love that he's using nature. And mm-hmm. he's using these things. Yeah. And it was not coincidental it's significant that God wanted to show and teach something to his prophet. And prophets were to look for, hear, tell, and see the significance Mm -hmm. of the time they were living in Mm -hmm. and the story. They were to interpret the why and to tell people the why. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so Jeremiah is like, Nebuchadnezzar is outside our gate because mm-hmm. you've sinned, you've mm-hmm. done this, the why. So Jonah's supposed to be looking at this right. and seeing the significance and all of this. But there is this dullness and yep. this blindness mm-hmm. because of his desire for judgment and his refusal to care about these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That yeah. was my takeaway too of just all these places and things that God had pre- prepared were to reveal his heart. They were yep. all tools that God wanted to use in his prophet. And it made me think like, yes, God wants to deliver the pagans and he cares about them, but he also cares about the lost sheep that are in Israel. And like Psalm 23, how it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. And so sometimes it takes a rod and sometimes it takes his corrective staff to pull us back. I also saw that a worm is such a small thing, Mm -hmm. but it can ruin the comfort, the refreshment and leave you vulnerable. And I saw Jonah as the worm. Mm-hmm. 
that <laughs> he's the one who's willing to see the plant die. Interesting. And if the plant dies, then everybody is subject and vulnerable to the scorching wind and the hot sun. Ooh, that's good. And I thought, you know, sometimes I'm the difference between refreshment for somebody and vulnerability to the scorching wind and sun. Yeah. It's such a little thing. A worm could take away this beautiful plant. Mm -hmm. uh, castor oil, they said, it's probably a castor plant that can grow like, it can grow like six feet overnight. Mm -hmm. It's like just this huge shady thing. But a little worm can destroy all of that. You know, a little worm, if I, and if I leave, if I leave room for the little worm, and I thought about that, you know, that it says, Bitterness right. is like a, a, you know, this thing that springs up. Root, yeah. yeah, and it can destroy and defile many. And such a little thing mm -hmm. has the power. The tongue is mm -hmm. such a small member. A little leaven, yeah. Yeah, a little leaven. It's, it's these worms. Yeah. And if I don't get rid of the worm, yeah. that, that attitude that I have, mm -hmm. it can cost somebody the refreshment and make yeah. them so vulnerable such a good point. to all the things mm -hmm. of this and world. That um, bitterness, like you were saying, is called a root in the Bible. Yes. And so like if you're pulling out weeds and yeah. you just chop off the head of the weed, the weed's going to instantly grow back so out. There. And so you have to get the root of the weed. You have to get and to the root. And if you don't, yeah. you know, they say unweeded gardens soon become weed mm. gardens. And not mm. only that, but the, the weeds spread. I mean, the mm -hmm. one thing about a, a weed is they're aggressive. Like, yep. Yep. birds and take strong. them out of your garden, people walking through, they carry them out. So it doesn't just confine itself to that garden. That right. garden gets overgrown with weeds, but those weeds, whoever walks through that garden is going to take them. those seeds mm -hmm. and make wow. poten potential weed gardens wow. every place and right. cause yeah. problems. I mean, some people are like, oh, man. I got these weeds now I have yes. to deal with. We're like, we have this lawnmower and sometimes like our neighbors want us to mow yes. their lawns, but then if we mow their lawns, then we get their weeds on our lawn. We cross-pollinate the weeds. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's such a great point of being where God calls us and we're bringing that shade and that protection. We can bring blessing instead of the weeds. Yep, or we can leave people vulnerable to the yeah. east wind and the scorching sun. I mean, my, it kind of goes on that, but it, we can do it on you the next day. On? We can keep it. Well, okay. yeah. Is it my <laughs> turn to read? We probably yes. should, right? Yeah, <laughs> we do, because I'm sure we have a lot to talk about on day six yeah, because it's a review of the yeah. whole book. Okay, verse nine. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about a plant? And he said, is it right for me? It is right for me to be angry even to death. <laughs> Exclamation, Right. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow, mm -hmm. which came up in the night and perished in the night. Yeah, that, so that was kind of, and it kind of goes with what you guys were talking about, worms and the, the little things. Because I, I just feel like this is just, uh, it's just obvious that, there's, that we're pointing to a deeper underlying issue here. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole thing with the plant. It's right for me to want to die because of this plant. It's like, okay, you're being stupid now. I mean, seriously, there's obviously underlying issues here. It's not about yeah. the plant. And we, that happens, I think, a lot where we just get so aggressive and angry and lash out about something really minor. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. What's the root? What's really going on here behind the scenes? You know, I mean, golly, even if you study church history, some of the things the church has argued over, like one time there was a church split, you know, between the Eastern and the Western churches, which became like the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church, but they, they got in this huge argument over whether they should have beards or not, mm -hmm. and whether they should use unleavened bread in communion. 
And so there was this humongous church split, but there were a lot of deeper underlying things were the that were the real for problem. women or for men? Mm, that's a good question. I know, just, right? Yeah, just just <laughs> your women are bearded. We don't want that. Anyway. <laughs> In the prayer time, they brought out, I forget which girl did, but just about like how we have sometimes these idols that come up and we don't even yeah, realize that it's yeah. an idol. Yes, yeah. And, and the and plant maybe was an idol, but what are our idols? Yeah, it's something deeper than that. You yeah. know, really, in another situation, I doubt Jonah would have been so bummed about a plant. But mm-hmm. it's, it's like everything's built up, and this mm-hmm. is, you know, now just manifesting over something silly. But, you know, again, yeah. he's contrasted with God. Mm-hmm. He's saying yeah. to God, my way is better than your That's way. That's the heart exactly. of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, at the thing, I mean, whenever we're saying to God, I don't like what you're doing. Uh I don't want you to work this way. I don't want you to do that. We are putting ourselves in opposition Mm -hmm. to God. That's Mm -hmm. so, so dangerous. If I'm saying to God, yeah, I'm right, and you're wrong, God's wrong. I mean, but it's not like we haven't all done that at some time. You know, maybe... And what God does sometimes, he's like, are you really? Are you right, or am I right? And that's what he's saying to Jonah. Are you right, Jonah? Or am I right? That's really, yeah, that's the bottom line here. You're exactly like that the Jonah cannot say your will be done. Mm-hmm. He just can't. And even, even with this little silly plant, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, yeah. this is how far he's gone down yeah. the rabbit hole. And I, I, again, I'm, I'm relating it, this plant to Nineveh. Mm. that Jonah yeah. had nothing to do with Nineveh, yeah, had nothing too. to do with its origin, mm-hmm. nothing to do with how many people were in the place. He didn't plant it. He didn't nurture it. He didn't cause it to grow. And, um, you know, he had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And just like with the plant, you had nothing to do with it. Like, Jonah, you really don't have anything to do with my work. Yeah. I made the plant. I caused it to grow. I allowed Nineveh to be here. I'm responsible for the whole world and all of nature. You're not. Yeah. You're yeah. a little player that I asked to do one thing, and you want to change the whole course of everything for your own comfort, yeah. Yeah. for your will above my will. And isn't that what, you know? We yeah. do. I, you know, I was just reading in Hosea um, the other day, and I can't remember where it was. It was in either chapter nine or 10, but it just, the Lord says like, I, I, you know, I basically, I will chasten them in my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really just, it, it, that's, I think that's a paraphrase, but that really struck me. It was just like, you can't just, you can't just do it now, now, now deal with For this. It's way. like, whoa, it's like, I'll deal with everything in my time. My plan, like you said, Jonah's trying to change the whole course of God's will and plans. He has no idea what he's even Mm -hmm. talking about. But this is what (laughs) happens, and I know a lot of people who come to Christ, uh, think of God as the great genie. Like, I came to you for you to accomplish my will. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is what I want here, and this is what I want there, and this is what I want. In fact, even with my impatience, I felt like, God was challenging me, like, Cheryl, do you want your will in your time or do you want my will in my time? Yeah. And I'm like, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> or what I should? Yeah. Because, you know, I was honest with the Lord. Obviously, yeah. you know, I want my will. I want my way. I want my timing. And But Lord, I bow and realize, even with all these delays, you've got a reason, you've got a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I want to align myself with your will, right. your way, your timing. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, and I, wanna, I want to get out of this time of patience all I'm supposed to get, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think that's one of Jonah's issues here is that he was focused on the temporal things instead of having an internal perspective. Yeah. And God's whole focus was the eternal perspective, yeah. the salvation of these people. 
Yeah, because my, oh. Nineveh would be wiped out yeah. within, mm -hmm. I think it was 200 yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, right. It Nams. would be totally leveled. Mm -hmm. In fact, Nineveh is just leveled today. Right. So there would be a time for judgment, yeah, but right. this was not the time. This was the time for grace yeah. before judgment. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're living in the dispensation of grace. There will be a tribulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. will be a judgment on this whole earth. This is not the time for judgment. This is the last call for grace. Right. And the, so if the church is the not message. calling out grace, and if we're calling out judgment yeah. during this time of grace, we're on the wrong team. We can't get sidetracked. And myopic, like yes. he was just so myopic. And I, I think it yeah. goes to like, like what you were saying, Cheryl, that God is orchestrating this huge picture with so many different moving parts. And we wanna dictate to him based on our little finite view of this one thing. It's like, do you realize how, what a wrench that would throw into the works of mm -hmm. all God wants to do? I mean, we just really are so limited. And see, we're kind of doing that like, I love, I love the United States, I love being here, I love our freedoms, yeah. let me just say. but. The, um, in Africa right now, the percentage of Christians is greater than it is in the United States, if you go percentages. Wow. Mm, in South Korea. America, yeah. the percentage of Christians is greater than in America. Because there's persecution? It, it's just or amazing. Suffering. It's just this outpouring of God's mm. spirit. And they're like, and none of those, none of those countries have stable governments. Hmm. None of them have the freedoms that we enjoy I mean, we still have like these incredible freedoms. Right now in Australia, uh, you cannot convert um, a homosexual. And I'm not just converting them to a heterosexual. You're not allowed to pray with them. Huh. You're not allowed to seek their salvation because if they get saved, they might turn. I mean, it's like crazy. Huh. David Bennett, just who wrote A War of Loves, just wrote a letter because he's Australian. Like, what are you mm -hmm. doing? You've taken away freedom. You're not giving freedom. You've wow. taken away freedom. And you think of these restrictions. And right now, we, we have, a, um, we have a, a lot of wondrous freedoms mm -hmm. that we're actually condemning and we're working against. Mm -hmm. And I just think about, um, I'll go to my takeaway, um, yeah. or uh, that um, we too often only care about what directly affects us. And we can be indifferent about people we don't know or have only heard the rumors about. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to judge people by what I read on the internet. I want to pray and I want to care about souls because God cares about souls. Mm -hmm. Life is so short and we have no power over it. And so I don't want to have more grace for a gourd yes. than for a person. I was wondering if any of you wanted to comment just on this open dialogue that God yeah, has with the angry prophet. Well, that was my, yeah, that was something I loved. And that actually is on day six as well when we get into like the old final takeaways and stuff. But I, I just, I again, I love the fact that the Lord so patiently draws us to the right mm -hmm. conclusions to his point of view. You know, he's just as patient with Jonah as he is with Nineveh. And it's like, they well, all needed that. But yeah. just his willingness to be like, Jonah, let me take and your Nineveh, hand. Nineveh deserved more grace than Jonah. Nineveh responded yeah, to the word of the Lord yeah. and to the work of the Lord. And, yeah, and we yeah. see Jonah resistant, so resistant, yeah. resistant. And I think you have to look like, you know, who wore it better? You know, who <laughs> <Yeah>. deserves... <laughs> The grace. Yeah. Who really is justified? Mm -hmm. And you know, it reminds me again of that parable that Jesus told that we read about in Luke. 
I think it's chapter 18 or 19, where you've got two men praying. And the one smites his chest and says, oh, God, forgive me, I'm such a sinner. And the other one says, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like all that man in the corner. Mm -hmm. You know, and Jesus said only one of these men went away justified. Only one. So Jonah is not the one who's justified. Mm -hmm. He's not justified. It's Nineveh that's being forgiven that's Mm -hmm. justified. Jonah's the one in the wrong, Mm -hmm. not the Ninevites. So good. Okay, Jazz, would you read verse 11, please? It's a long one. (laughs) I know, a blast through this, all right. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? Okay, I have a really quick question. The 120,000, a lot of commentators um, refer to it as having like 600,000 people. Is that because they're saying this is probably the men and there's like women and children? You know, it's interesting because I read that the population this would have included everybody because population was less than, they they put the population at about 60,000. So that's interesting. interesting. So this is the thing. We don't know. Okay. (laughs) They don't know. But they don't know the population. matters to God. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody had interpreted this as 120,000 children and I'm like, no, but I looked in the thing and that's not what it's, not what the word means. Yeah, and I I read, yeah, and I read that the population including the children, was about 120,000. Okay. But even to the fact that he cares about the animals? Yes. yes. Don't you love like, that? You want me to judge the animals? You know, you want me to judge the Barnabas? You know, yeah. which is my dog. Mm-hmm. It's like God cares God about cares the about animals. animals. All life. All life. You yeah. know? And mm-hmm. whenever anyone asks me, will dogs be in heaven? I'm like, I don't know, but I know he cares he about animals. Yep. Because even in Nineveh, he's like, there's animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the translations even says that, like that's the way it's worded, Mm. that he cares for the animals. Okay, so what are your greatest takeaways? This is question two, like Jonah, Nineveh, or the Lord? Well, I I love that he ends on a question. And it was interesting Mm -hmm. too too. because uh, Nahum also ends on a question and they both have to do with Nineveh, which is interesting. Those are the only two books in the Bible that end on a question. But I love it because it makes it almost open-ended for us. It does. You know, just like... Are you going to have compassion? Do you care for the lost? It was, I just thought, you know, that just to put it to us, it's like kind of an open-ended, well, should I not care? Do you care? Where do you see yourself? Yeah, where are you in this story? Yes, how do you get this story? And I wrote in my notes, if we don't see the Jonah in us, we've missed it. it. Right, and I believe this is autobiographical Mm because as we said before, when we're reading our biographies or our autobiographies, the autobiographies, tend to be a lot more honest. Um, I'll be recording uh, Helen Rosevere today. Mm -hmm. And she's so honest Mm -hmm. with all her mistakes. I mean, I just fell in love with her. You're just like, oh, you want to write that? Yes. (laughs) And and I believe that Jonah is saying, now he's saying, I wasn't justified. Don't you see? This is the compassionate God. Don't you want to be on the side of the compassions of God? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to be on the, the right side? Even like Jeremiah, while he's watching the city fall, he comes to the realization that God's compassions are new every morning mm-hmm. and his faithfulness. Even in judgment, mm-hmm. God is faithful and he's compassionate and he's ready to mm. save. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, along with that too, just the, that it says, you know, these people can't tell their right hand from their left. Right. And just understanding how rudderless and confused people are, that's really helped me. I probably have said this before, but I remember just, it was kind of a revelatory moment understanding like the LGBT community, that these people are just looking for an identity, Mm -hmm. you know? And it helps you have more compassion when you realize they're searching and they just 
Okay, I can cling to this. Okay, this is who I am. Now I'm secure. They're trying to find something I, and to understand that. I think the spirit of the age, the spirit of this age, if I was going to give a word for the spirit of this age, I would say confusion. Yeah. Yes, they're confused. And I mean, like, yeah. even when you go, like, oh, you know, um, you go on the internet to search out anything. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say a recipe for Hostess Twinkies. You'll find nice. all these confusing voices uh-huh. speaking Different opinions. to you. <sighs> yeah. Or, you know, even if it's a recipe. I mean, everything's saying something yeah. like, get the COVID vaccination. Don't get the COVID vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. No, it's bad. No, it's good. And everything's so right. confusing. And all the different information coming at us is so confusing. Mm -hmm. And because there's all this confusion, I mean, like an ocean of confusion out there, Mm -hmm. we need to hold to the one book that is not Mm -hmm. confusing, to the God who is the author of peace and of love. I mean, God's revelation about himself is consistently the same. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, this scripture about the Lord is gracious, full of compassion. It goes back to Exodus 34, 6. Mm. It's the most quoted scripture in the Bible. Mm. So the most quoted scripture in the Bible is the character of God. Yeah. Mm. That he's compassionate. Well, and then it says in um, Jeremiah chapter 9, the Lord said, don't boast in these other things. Don't boast in your wealth. Don't boast in your righteousness. Don't boast in these things. But if anyone boasts, you want to make a boast? Yeah. Boast in this that you know me. And what does he want them to know about him? That I'm compassionate. Right. God wants us to boast in his compassion. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to be experts in the love of mm-hmm. God. Mercy. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is what we're supposed to boast in. And of course, you know, the cross is a boast in the love of God. You want to know how much God loves you? Look, yeah. he died on a cross for right. you. You know, God was yeah. in Christ reconciling the world for himself. Mm-hmm. He came in. He took the pain. He took the worst that could happen. He was humiliated. Mm-hmm. So, so he could say, I know and I understand, but these are the links that I will go to, mm-hmm. to save you, to show you my love. And, and the cross is the emblem of God's love. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is where we should make our boast. This is where we should make our stand is in the love of God. This is our identity. Our identity is the love of God. God so loved that he saved me. Mm-hmm. This is my identity. I am the beloved of the Lord. And it says, I'm sorry, in 1 John, this is our identity, that we are the beloved Mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. This is your identity. Yeah, and, oh gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, and, you know, just thinking of that, um, as you were saying that, I was like, man, that's true. Um, I had written down, like, I need to stop calling people idiots. and, and, And really, but even, because even if we're just talking among our friends or family, like, Oh, they're so she does stupid. Use that word a lot. I do. Yeah, like, oh, what an idiot. I mean, I even, yeah, I even actually just said it in a text you. thread the other day about myself. But yeah, but you know, we can be like, oh, these morons. You know, you watch the news, and, and and maybe you don't mean it. I mean, of course, you're like, well, yeah, I want them to get saved. But they're, but even mm-hmm. just training the way we talk about it, people can probably help in that. Like, I don't want to call them idiots anymore, but because <laughs> I have to remember. Right. I don't know. It just helps. Yeah, because if I keep calling them idiots, I'm going to just keep getting angry at them instead of like, like okay, they need the Lord and they don't know their right hand from their left. These people are so confused. It's Mm -hmm. sad. It's just, you know, that's what's pathetic in that kind of sad way. And just looking at this whole book of Jonah, I think it really pulled out all these attributes of God. It pulled out his omniscience, his omnipresence, his grace, his concern for 
for the lost mankind, salvation mm. that he wants to offer, his compassion and how he interacts with his servants and his purposes and his preparations. So we just have like a minute left. So what was your favorite one of these well, that you want to talk about? I want to go back to compassion and I'll make this really quick. But I had always seen Jonah as a book of grace and I mm-hmm. saw it as a book of love. I saw him striving with Jonah out of love mm-hmm. yeah. to put Jonah back in the call. I saw his love for these Ninevites who didn't know their right hand from their left. I saw his, again, his love to work with the prophet yeah. to love as he loved. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen it as a book of love. And Jonah's revelation, you're a God of love, therefore you wouldn't judge. Mm-hmm. That was one of my thoughts too, was just the fact that he probably wrote this book says that he is completely secure in God's love for him because he can share all of these failures and all of these humiliations. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't secure in how much God loved him, he couldn't have come back and told oh, us all these things. That's great, yeah. You know, there's never a time that I hear the phrase Jesus like if someone says to me, Jesus loves you, I don't go, uh uh-huh. I'm like, it always pierces me. Like, even now, it like just, because we don't specialize in Jesus' love. And I truly believe that unless we understand how deeply Jesus loves you, Jesus loves Mm -hmm. you, Jesus loves you, you. Jesus loves you, Allison, yeah. so much, because I do too. You know, <laughs> Jesus loves you. Unless, Felicia, Kathy, all of you, I feel like Kobo Kelly right now. Jesus <laughs> loves you, Allison. Jesus loves you all so deeply, so intimately, so preciously. And whoever's watching, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Unless we understand how Jesus loves us, we will not share that. And I think Jonah was coming to the idea of how much Jesus loved him, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then he could love the Ninevites. But we have to first, I mean, we as Christians, what we need most is an understanding of how desperately, deeply we are loved by Jesus. We got to get that. We got to get that right. Not that Jesus loves the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. Not that Jesus loves the United States. That Jesus loves Calvary Chapel. That Jesus loves our community. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me and I'm part of this community. Therefore, Jesus is kind to this community. Jesus loves us. Mm -hmm. It's wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, I had the same kind of... That's weird, though, that we all kind of camped. The interaction with his servants, that was the one that got me too. And and, and, I mean, Cheryl said it all, but... I'm going to say something anyway, but I, but I do, I do love that. Like you said, like the, we have to imbibe that, that Jesus loves us and, and to understand we are just such a dumb sheep really, but yeah. God lets you us. You going to do that I know anymore. I do. Well, I'm talking about myself anyway, but I mean, but, to, but, but he lets you. us, I, I just love that he lets us be honest and foolish. Like what you were saying, you were saying because of his love and because of his great patience with us. And I thought of Psalm 73, where, where it says, I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. It's like nothing can take us from his love. Even when mm-hmm. we're honest and mm-hmm. say stupid things and have like ugly attitudes. It's like, wow, God <laughs> is I, so gracious. I also put Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, five and six mm-hmm. again it's going back to love with your interaction because it says that he disciplines those he loves yes. yeah. like when God's working with us when he's disciplining us when he's killing the gourd yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to speak it's not because he dislikes Jonah because he loves Jonah so much that yeah. he wants Jonah to be on the same team yeah. Yeah. and Jonah's yeah. on the opposite team and God's like Jonah I want you on my team do you mm-hmm. realize that Jonah never wanted to be on team God mm-hmm. team Yahweh he was always trying to be on the other team, team yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So good. So much in the book of Jonah. This has been an amazing study. You know, really consider maybe maybe taking this book and doing it with neighbors or inviting Mm -hmm. some friends and go through it again. Mm -hmm. You'll get just as much again Mm -hmm. if uh, you decided to do a a redo. And and these are just like um, Mm -hmm. I I started writing these again. I I said because I was discipling women in England, and it just helps to just, if you have young girls to disciple, yeah. it will work. Yes, yeah. it's only Amen. four chapters and you see like how amazing this is. We have more if anybody wants to get more copies of these and it's still on our website so you can download a copy of that. All right, Very do you good. want to pray? Pray us you out. me to finish? The, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> no stupid, no dumb. Yeah, no okay, <laughs> no, nobody's dumb in here. All right. <laughs> Lord, we do thank you, God, because... You really do have that kind of love and compassion, Lord, for the world, but for us individually as well. And and I love that, God, that you, you know, you want us to get to the heart first, Lord, the heart of the matter, our own hearts, and to recognize in our own lives, God, uh, your great love and compassion, because from that, Lord, we'll be able to extend that love and grace and compassion to others, Lord Jesus. We can't generate any of this on our own. We need that revelation from you by your Holy Spirit to work in us to will and to do for your good pleasure, God. And and so thank you for that, Lord. It's a work you do. And that it's a revelation you give us uh, of, uh, like Cheryl was saying, how deeply we are loved. And from that, God, it helps us to say, oh, I want everyone to know that love too. And so, Lord, would you please just um, work in us, Lord Jesus, so that you are able to work through us all the things that are your heart, that are pleasing to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the testimony of Jonah. We thank you for the honesty, the raw honesty of this book, Lord, because it shows us, God, that we're safe with you. We're safe with you in all of our garbage in, yes, the places where we're being idiots. We're safe with you in all of that, Lord. We can bring you all of it. And you will work with that, Lord, to lead us to your heart so we can be on your team and have your heart in mind. Thank you so much for your patience, God, and your grace. Lord, work that into us, Lord Jesus, again, so that we can go and, and, and bring that to those around us, to the world around us. We love you, God, and we ask, God, that you would do this work, not by might or by power, but by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.